Sometimes it's hard to find the words When what you've heard It just takes your breath away And when the verdict brings you to your knees You want to lock up, throw away the keys Like you can't face another day Child, you don't have to be so strong Just gotta hold on Hold on Child, you don't have to be so strong Just gotta hold on Hey, welcome to the Young and Biggest Podcast. This is Justin, and my co-hosts today are... Gerald. And... Michael. Michael Rosado from Win Words and See a Surrender. We have our first official guest. What, what, what? I know, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. How do you feel, Michael? I feel pretty stoked to be here. Like, physically, how you feel? You're sick, right? I am sick, yes. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of things have been happening this week in particular. Gerald, do you want to go and recap that? Yeah. So, if you haven't heard, um, because a lot of people just maybe haven't yet charlottesville virginia it's pretty uh seems like a small town fun place to live Mm -hmm. except for this past weekend when uh they the city or that governmental body decided to take down a statue it was yeah the university decided to take down a statue and some students were excited about it it was a couple robert e lee right yeah robert e lee Mm -hmm. so there was like maybe like 40 or 50 of them protesting, not protesting, but supporting the fact that it was being taken down. Yeah. And they were really excited about it. So a bunch of white nationalists who were having a protest the next day in not support of taking it down found out and took tiki torches and about like a couple hundred of them surrounded the students that were protest supporting the decision that the, the university had made. And that's the picture that you see online of like a bunch of people with torches surrounding a statue because you can't even see the supporters of the decision. You wow. can only see the, the white supremacists around them. So then the next day, people were like, oh, no, Nazis are not going to have that happen. And a bunch of anti-white supremacists who were in support of the statue coming down came to pro- counter-protest the protest march the white supremacists and the nazis the kkk all the all those groups were having the unite the right rally there was a big counter protest to that um they the police ended up dispersing both groups and telling the unite the right to have a rally elsewhere at a different park and as the counter protesters were leaving um one of the white supremacist guys drove a car into a large group of them injuring 19 i believe and killing uh one heather Hare, um who died i think later that day wow the speaker who tried to start the unite the right rally tried to have his speech or whatever do his thing um protesters shut it down and um basically yelled him booed him off the stage and all the news outlets i listen to which is npr every once in a while Mm -hmm. um basically said they wanted to play audio but couldn't because it was too filled with Mm. curse words wow from that moment um 
so basically that happened. NPR said they couldn't play it because of all the curse words? Yeah. Wow. They said, that, I mean, they couldn't bleep them all out because NPR tries to be appropriate. Right, right. For Everybody. people to listen to. Um, so then after that, uh, our president, Donald Trump, decided to not say anything till Sunday afternoon or Monday afternoon. And it was very stiff and well no he said something sunday and then he said something monday and then he said something again tuesday and the something on monday was well there's problems on both sides mm -hmm. and then the something on monday was white supremacy is bad and it's very stiff and not me saying this it's my writers speech, speech writers and then tuesday after he tried to have some kind of manufacturing press conference he mm -hmm. basically was like taking questions based off of his statements that he made about the, all the events that were going on because people are still fired up about it. I mean, it's f it's later in the week and we're still fired up. So, yeah. um, and he basically just went off and all of his staff said, we had no idea he was supposed to, he was going to say any of that. He wasn't supposed to take questions at this thing. And he just went off and was like, well, you're erasing history and you're doing all these things, which is the same statements that, white supremacists the kkk the neo-nazis all these groups are saying is you're right. erasing white heritage you're erasing erasing white history and and this is our history and we can't erase it and so basically just inflaming and infer affirming all of those groups positions wow. so it's a hot mess but it's the us of a and i think anybody looking at this situation can see that like race in this nation is still a big contentious issue with yep. a lot of different opinions on it and we've we've tried to discuss that on here as well, well so it's it's crazy that this happened um relatively close to the time that we released the actual young ambiguous mm -hmm. episode because we're talking about racism and we're talking how it, it it's still it's still very very real like I think because we live in an area or live in a generation full of technology and new ideas happening, we kind of erase what's happened in the past. And we think that those things happen in isolated time mm -hmm. and now it's never going to happen again. Like we're not going to see the KKK walk, which was scary. The scarier part that the KKK were there, the KKK were there unmasked. Yeah. Completely unafraid of who or what, it was going to stop them because they're like, we already won, you know, and president Trump, who it's not a joke. He's our president said those things pretty much in concordance to what the KKK and white nationalist movement has been saying since they, yeah. since their foundation. Yeah. And, uh, like Robert E. Lee, the statue that they tore down, I think should have been torn down a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I think, my personal opinion, I believe that most of the uh, Civil War era um, Confederate type memorabilia shouldn't be like tucked away. Definitely put it in a museum. It's like it's part of our heritage. But having a statue of something is almost in celebration of something that was horrible. Like uh, like slavery is is a incredibly disgusting thing. Mm -hmm. Racism is a repulsive. Um, ideology to live by yet it, it's being almost celebrated and yeah i 
honestly, if I was there, I don't know how I'd react to a lot of the things. I'd probably just be scared. Uh, probably be trying to pray for people. Um, but when President Trump says things like there's there's faults on both sides, it, you can't stay in a gray area for this. It's either you're for the people or you're against the people. And if people who are against the people and you're with them, then yeah. you're an enemy to the nation. I mean, I wouldn't. I, that's kind of very militaristic type terminology, but it's true. Yeah. Like if you're an enemy of, of the people, you're supposed to be their advocate. The president is supposed to be our advocate. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be afraid. He's supposed to represent all of us. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the the issue at hand is he's affirming a group or groups rather mm-hmm. of people who literally hate a large population of this nation. Yeah. So like Michael, when you saw this stuff kind of unfolding or actually, when did you see this? When Uh, were you informed? I first heard about it while I was in Portland at the canvas conference that humble beast puts on. And it was, I think it was, Actually, propaganda who mentioned it first about what's happening in our country, and um, it was a—you could tell the the pain that he was enduring through it, hearing about these things, even about to to share and unpack a lot of these issues that he had planned to unpack anyways. Like, and right. it's going to be raw. It's going to be raw, and like he just shared it like it was, and and spoke with passion like he often does about these issues without you know without holding back and it was just a raw and great example of of the pain that Hmm. not only he was personally feeling but even his community he was talking about and um just the artist community how we Hmm. are to respond yeah to that yeah and it was it was encouraging and and cool cool to see like how how he went about it and encouraged us through it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that was, when was that? Saturday, Friday? It must have been a Saturday night. Because yeah, he was right? on it. He was tweeting about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's been, he's been talking about this mm-hmm. for years now. Like we, we all kind of saw this coming. I'm not going to lie. I, th- I saw it coming from a mile away. Like the people that supported uh, President Trump most of them are racist not all of them I can't marginalize the group of people because they voted for somebody but most of them are racist mm-hmm. and there, there's going to be some backlash for sure and I think it's cool cool that you were at this conference when it all all happened because you're surrounded by a community of people that were yeah. all grieving the same way yeah. you know willing to be open to, yeah. to talk about it too yeah, because I think that's kind of where the layers come in, right? These statues, right? I, I I can make a joke right at the front end is like these statues are all for people who lost. Like these are statues yeah. for losers. The yeah. Civil War was won by the Union. Any Confederate monument is a monument to their loss, yeah. which is which is crazy. But some of the stats that I've heard. Um, so maybe you guys could Google them and, and double sure. check them. Um, but I heard that 80% of these monuments were put up in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So huh. like a 40-year span 
about 40 years after the Civil War. Wow. And so um, one of this one of the activists that I follow, he's a pastor, he's a priest, um, and he preaches about racial re- reconciliation and like taking action and making the laws line up with biblical treatment of people and individuals. And he was saying a lot of these statues are placed in places of prominence. Like they are supposed, we're celebrating these people that we are honoring these people when they've done something very dishonorable. Mm -hmm. They committed treason and fought a war against the United States of America. Yeah. And though they had deeply held beliefs that they were fighting for ultimately every single state that seceded from the union said in some area on their articles of confederation that they were seceding because of slavery and their economics depended on it their whole systems depended on being able to own people who were african wow and so like the civil war you can you can try and chop and dice it any different way but every single state wrote that slavery was a major cause for them wanting to secede from the union and so all of these statues that are placed as monuments to generals and people of the confederacy they're a monuments to losers and (laughs) b they were built 40 years after they're not Let's remember. Let's remember the awful thing that happened. These are statues that are built to do something. Yeah. They have a purpose for being where they're at. Yeah. And it's not just to record what happened. Yeah. And and the way I've been explaining it to people, and this is a very large exaggeration, but the the common theme that I keep hearing on the internet is like, that's why there's no statues of Hitler in Germany. Mm-hmm. But let's make it right here at home. Yeah. If somebody wanted to put up a statue of Osama bin Laden standing over the Twin Towers, no American would want that. No. Why? Because he committed acts of evil and, and killed people and was a terrorist and extremist who hated this nation. Right. That's why they don't have a Dylan Roof Park. Like, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this, this is the same thing. Robert E. Lee led the Confederate military, the Confederate army, to fight against the United States government that said black people will no longer be slaves. Yeah. So I understand the, the mentality of history. I understand all of these different things, but statues don't equal history. They is, they're a part of history. Yeah. And statues and carvings and art have been part of history forever. But there's a reason why there's no statues of Hitler in Germany and there's no statues of Osama bin Laden in New York. Yeah. No one would have that. Yeah. But we're acting like this is something that should happen. And, and this is the problem. The other layer, if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother you. I don't, I'm not saying you should be bothered by this. You, you should, maybe you, part of you should be bothered by the fact that it affects other people. Right. But if it doesn't personally affect your day to day, but it affects somebody else's or it's in the back of their mind. Mm -hmm. It's a little thing. It's like having like a little pebble or something in your shoe. Mm. Like it's not stopping you from being able to do your job or do what you're doing, but it's, it's a nuisance. It's rubbing against you. And I think we should just not be celebrating these losers who lost the war 
and were racists who were pro-slavery, pro-slavery enough to fight a war for it. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not to disagree with you on, on if it should bother you or not. Um, I mean, it's, it's obvious that we're all members of the church recording right now. Um, maybe people who are listening aren't. Um, and this isn't necessarily directed towards the people that who aren't in the church but if you're part of the church and you believe in these things and you believe in um equality in members and and that christ is real and he's real inside of you this should this should piss you off there's no like oh well maybe that person's wrong with that there's no great there's no more time for gray areas there can't be like a gray area is a place where you can say and pretend that it doesn't bother you and if it doesn't bother you, that's more of a problem mm. than if it, it than if it does or doesn't bother you, or or if it you you're affected by either side. If you're not too worried about the alt right movement and the neo Nazis, that's a problem. I I I'm a traditional conservative person, and I can't stand the alt right at all. Um, and it scares me. Like I, I, I'm very, very much afraid, um, for our nation. I'm afraid for our nation. Yeah. I'm afraid for our, our church nation too, because a lot of us are being silent, and I, I want people to know that we don't want to be silent anymore. Yeah. At least I don't want to be silent anymore. Never. Yeah. I know Gerald was, and I know Michael doesn't, and like through our arts, through this podcast, we want to express that. You can have an opinion. You're not alone in this fight. If you experienced racism or if you experienced yeah. some sort of, um, I guess, bigotry in, in your life, we want to be able to, to help you with that and to, and to walk you through whatever it is that you're going through or just to help you contextualize it. Because yeah. it took me a while to contextualize what racism was. I thought you know, making a funny joke about my heritage was fine because these people are my friends. But in reality, that's racism. <laughs> like making a joke about how my dad is a Muslim and how I would follow suit and what the imagination play there is racism. So, mm. um, I don't want to go too far deep in this topic cause we don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah. Um, when we have propaganda on, we can talk about kind of that whole, like, the way I will people talk of color look at each other. I'm going to LA in October and, and uh, look I'm at gonna, themselves, I should say. <laughs> I'm going to LA in October, and so I'm gonna get coffee with him. And Gerald doesn't believe me. I don't. I don't but prop, <laughs> prove me wrong, bro. Does, prove me wrong, Mike. Do you believe me at all? Mike's remaining silent. <laughs> You're part of the problem right now. <laughs> so, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> so, Michael, what were some of the takeaways? from you processing it with that group of people that you were oh, around? Because cool. they probably talked a lot about it off on the platform and off platform. So like what were you and your wife's discussions like? What were um, discussions with people there like? It was cool um, to be in that environment and with that community to process this. Um, and even just for Katie and I to be able to write at off offline basically of the c conference just to, sit and talk about these things but mm -hmm. um even the planned out um discussions and teachings and sermons 
and even the art that was planned out was really um, <laughs> so relevant with mm. what was happening, you know, and obviously they didn't know, but they planned it that way. Wow. And it was a lot of diving into um, the the pain that, that artists create from. Right. Those were major topics in what, you know, what the conference was about. We went into Psalms. We went into when David was and, and other of psalmists, when they were discussing their pain and, mm. and their fear and even their doubt in God's presence at that time. You know, and we were struck by the those same things wow. at conference. Um, but seeing how not just beautiful that honesty was, but how powerful that is in our relationship to God and with God, um, and how that should be welcomed in the wow. church and welcomed um, just across the board when it comes to, to even leadership and, and, and being leaders of, of people. Wow. to share that kind of vulnerability mm-hmm. mm. um, wow. so just um, just talking about the pain and talking about the stuff we don't understand is so valuable that's that's really cool I've actually heard of something similar um, my cousin goes to church in Pasadena California and the pastor allowed her to go on stage and talk about these things. Wow. I think the West has it like put together pretty well. <laughs> like we're in a church in the South, like Florida wouldn't be considered the South by most people, but it's the South. So it's very Southern. Yeah. Very Southern. Especially our, our specific County. Good old Brevard County. Brevard. Yeah. So, um, Mike, let's hear more about you in general, I guess you have this new project. Well, not new project. It's been going on for a couple of years now called Windwards. Mm-hmm. Windwards. So where did that kind of stem from? Because um, we, I know that you were a, you started the band Sea of Surrender. So now you did this solo project. Why did you think that? Hold on. He, he had a project before that as well. Oh, yeah. The metal a band project. called um, Armed with Arrows. Armed yes. with Arrows. Their yes. merch was handmade. It was awesome. Really? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, that's what Windward's merch is now. Yeah, it is. Very true. <laughs> You're so, into the handmade merch. I like it's my it. my roots. You're really DIY. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So kind of like uh, if you could uh, kind of recap your musical journey to where you are now. Well, um, I guess I could talk about the, the project I've been in the longest, Sea of Surrender. Chris and I started that project together just seeking to connect with our um just our community again because mm. there for a time the scene kind of dropped off and we were just really wondering what would come of of the melbourne scene and we wanted to connect with people again um through music and meet with our community again and write from a place of of vulnerability i guess and yeah and seek to inspire that in others and um we just love playing music and jamming together and, right. and experiencing that kind of freedom together and see people come alive so um that was that was a while ago uh, i think i i can remember i think 2000 uh 2012 wow and That's um crazy. yeah good times uh i played drums and did vocals like in in that project and did spoken word through that as well but for as of lately windwards is a project that i do um just i guess solo really um with acoustic guitar and I share poetry and and it's more of like a folk rock type of 
project that I, I get to, to share with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you guys call it? I don't know what the genre is, really. I don't know, man. I, I when words, like, uh, I would describe it as, as, like, spoken word talk music. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, though. Like, it's when, well, yeah, like, the music scene in Brevard had died, and it died. It definitely did die. Yeah, like. Not like Lazarus dead, kind of like, like Ezekiel, bones in the valley, kind of dead. But wow, that's brutal. <laughs> Slash, like true. That's what the scene would want. Yeah, they're like, yeah, da 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 da. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but like, uh, you started doing shows again here. Yeah. Um, revitalizing the scene, and I'm so fortunate enough to be to have been a part of of some of that. It's it's cool to see um a lot of the the younger crowd coming through like and almost seeing i like see how we were when we were their age yeah and just starting in in our love for music but <laughs> i love those guys inspire me seeing oh yeah seeing that spark in them um and it's it's an honor to be a part of the community again you know through for sure through music wow. and seeing the the creative community come together again. That's really, I just wanted to be like inviting people into that again, like in yeah. seeing, seeing them come alive through, through their creativity, through their awkwardness really. Cause that's yeah. what I bring yeah. my awkwardness. I just Man. remember there being such a big scene in high school, like almost every week for two years when I was in 11th and 12th grade, like almost every week someone was handing me a flyer for a show. That's so somewhere. cool. You yeah. Know like, what I mean, yeah. Every week for me in high school, people were handing me an address to go drink beer at. That's that's what it turned into. Like, and there would be like there would be like a cover band at the party sometimes. Like, usually have a dude playing music on his iPod, and that was the band. But wow, it, it's interesting because Michael, you're you're also a worship pastor for Calvary Chapel. Yep. Um, do you ever see like? not saying that you you need to necessarily scream Jesus or anything like that but do you do you see this music like being almost like a mission field for people what music or, I'm sorry. like the music that you're doing as a mission almost like missions for people oh for windwards um yeah it's interesting to to not just be playing in churches even though I write from a I definitely write from the the place of recognizing my faith yeah and um recognizing the, the hope i have in christ but mm-hmm. also bringing in uh the questions and the doubts i go through and even my own frustration and struggles and and stuff so it's 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 interesting when i share these outside the church how those who don't have a relationship with christ you know mm-hmm. they they can they can grab hold of it and oh, yeah, and talk about their pain with me even though maybe they won't come into church that's cool like yeah. I, I don't i don't care um but i get to talk with people and hear their stories that's really what i love about sharing outside of church and wow. getting to know people's stories and and share some of mine if they want to hear it if they don't i just want to listen and yeah. learn from them so yeah well for that's sure. definitely something that like kind of lines up with some thoughts that I've had before previously just talking about people who are kind of outside of the church bubble 
can reach people well. Oh yeah. And and my thing is like my heart beats faster when a student comes to faith but they keep their edge. And and it I my heart breaks for them because a lot of times they feel like they're not really in it. They're not really a Christian and they're confused because they think differently than yeah. the Christian kids who've been going to church their whole life. Yeah. But like I try and encourage them every single time I see one of them because it's seldomly does as a student like get saved and keep that like that edge of, mm-hmm. well, I wasn't like a church person before, but Jesus changed my life. Yeah. And so like when somebody's like that, they actually have so much potential to reach non-Christians because they're not coming from this like squeaky clean yeah. Christian yeah. bubble. They're like. I was I I still feel the way you feel about that topic. I still think about that topic. Yeah. But now like Jesus is a part of my life and he's helping me and so when yeah. we when we think about celebrities or different people who get saved that's really cool cuz they they've been immersed in that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know how to talk to people in that culture yeah. rather than like, "Hi, oh, have you heard about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" Well, yeah. What a lot of times what happens when people get saved, they they try to they tend to compartmentalize who they used to be. Yeah. And my, actually and they don't my cousin, hang out with those people anymore. Yeah. My, yeah, my cousin, me and I, me and her were talking about a uh, compartmentalization in reference to the issue in Charlottesville and being an ethnic American and, uh, having to deal with both sides of the spectrum and how easy it is for people to be like, well, this is my new culture. And what was that? Now I'm confused. Joe just showed me something. I was confused. Um, like this is my culture and this is what we're going to, this is how I'm going to be from now on rather than allowing themselves to be who exactly God created them to be. And, and this, and still love him, you know? Mm. Right. Well, Michael, um, I want to, you want to start wrapping up, I guess. Is that yeah. what you're trying to tell me? Okay. I'm an idiot. I could have just, you could have just shown me your phone. <laughs> and I would, you, he I'm flashed really his stupid. entire laptop. I tried I mean, to show him my entire screen, and it, I couldn't even show it to him. I know. <laughs> and I ruined his point, but it yeah. was a good point. It, it's If you listen to it on double speed, that just one part, you'll be able to get it. But um, So, Michael, you have a new project coming out. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, sure. if you could. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. Uh, it's called Digging Up Earth, mm-hmm. and it's, it's talking about even uh, maybe – it's like talking about your roots, um, okay. where you came from. Uh, I specifically hmm. will liken it to thinking of like my old self before I knew Christ, before my life was changed. Yeah. Um, but I also go into the almost like PTSD of it, like because right. a death occurred, a death mm-hmm. occurred in in the death of my old self, um, and I Whoa. still get. Um, revisited by certain struggles you know certain things that i went through um before christ and in even just the revelation of christ um with that being a part of the mix of of my faith journey so digging up earth goes into um just basically my story in in certain different ways that i tell stories through it Mm -hmm. um it's an 11 track album wow 
and Full I'm really stoked. Full-length album, dude. Full-length. Um, did it with Paraphonic Recording Studio in Orlando. I love Brandon and Mark over there. Shout they did out. An incredible yeah. job, and it's incredible working with, with like-minded individuals who want to see your vision um, cool. just happen so they come alongside it so definitely so beautiful well yeah, i love those guys i'm excited uh do you you don't really have a release date currently no but it's going to be end of september i i, okay. I want to have a, a album release show like party thing we'll tweet out the so, info we'll, yeah we'll share it on social i know i know i'll be there joe will be there yeah yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited about so, that. So I guess just keep in mind the end of September. I'm still hearing back from some folks that I want to to have this party with. Sure. So if somebody wanted to look you up, where should they look? They can find uh, me on Facebook, just Windwords FL, and um, same thing for Instagram. Um, and I have music on on Windwords.bandcamp.com, and there's gonna have some new songs, some singles are going to be released very Hello. soon. Hello. I'm very excited. And uh, the album will be on Bandcamp as well as um, Spotify, iTunes, and, and all the good stuff. Very Apple fun. Music, Apple Music. I think that's going to be on Apple Music this nice. time, too. So. I'll that's try my best cool. for just for Gerald. So. Just for Gerald. Just yeah. for me. Otherwise, I'll have to buy a physical album. Or I could download it on I'll buy a physical camp, album, yeah. especially Dude. if you have it on vinyl, because I'm pretentious. So... <laughs> Well, Mike, it's been a it's been an honor having you on the show. I know that, at least I'm gonna say it. I want him back on the show. Oh, we're definitely gonna have him back for the couples one once we ever get that going. <laughs> so <laughs> we definitely have plans to do this really cool episode where like our wives and come in and talk and share their perspectives on things because like our wives are more educated than us. Yeah, my my wife's getting her master's degree, and I barely have a bachelor's. So my my thought is like, and maybe the listeners out there could weigh their opinions. I thought it would be really cool if we just let them do a whole episode. Yes, yeah, empowering the women in our lives rather than trying to be like, hey, can you like talk about the stuff that I feel like you should talk about because you're really smart. Yeah, um, but we should just let them just like get in here and do it. We <laughs> can help them. Yeah, we'll just in stand. Any way they want. We'll be like Big Brother. We'll stand over them. But like, I think if I control just their sat media and talked, it'd be so epic. Because your wife's really smart. I think that'd be rad. Yeah. And your wife's really smart. Yeah. She's way smarter. She makes me feel stupid. And I have to say, my <laughs> wife's brilliant. Yeah. Because if I... I mean, she's my wife. So. <laughs> You're... Uh, I think it's also difficult because Katie, Michael's wife, travels for a living. She's mm-hmm. a, She did. She actually shot my wedding. and With a w- camera. Yeah, <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> Sorry. You just have to be specific Yeah, let me be specific now. But... Uh, she did a killer job. Okay. See what I did there? <laughs> um, oh and so she travels all the time for work. Uh, my wife, she goes to school, mm-hmm. and then she also works full-time at Devro. My wife works full-time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Monday through Friday. So it's going to be hard to – it's 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 mainly <laughs> scheduling. It's not yeah. that it, they don't want to do it it's or like, we don't want to do it. It's, it's scheduling. And our, yeah. our schedules are pretty open because – you two both work in the church, hey. and I'm. It's a good thing. That's a good thing to be open. Yeah, and you work at where? Where is it called? What's it called again? Drippers Coffee. Oh. And if you put if you put an S instead of a Z at the end of it, it's D R I P P E R Z. If you put D R I P P E R S, 
literally every strip club in Brevard County pops up. I accidentally I accidentally spelled it wrong mm-hmm. on Apple yeah. Maps and looked up drippers with an S and every strip club in Brevard County came up. Yeah. So, We're talking all the way in Cocoa and I live in Palm Bay. I don't I mean, know why there's a strip club <laughs> in Cocoa that showed up on my Apple Maps when yeah. I looked for drippers, but everybody's thinking it, but the algorithm proved it. Yeah, and I the Lord has me there for a reason, so I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it happen. But, but what we want to do to close this out is yeah. kind of have a moment of silence for the victims and Heather Hare who passed away. She's also a victim, but we want to make um, have a moment of silence for all the stuff that's going on in Charlottesville, and then kind of close out with a quick word of prayer for our nation. Sure. God, we just thank you um, for who you are and your love for us. God, every single human being was made in your image, and you care about us. And you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross for every single one of us so that we could live the way you want us to live. And though there are billions of people in this world who are living without that knowledge, without that understanding, without a relationship with you. You still love each and every one of them, and you called us, your sons and daughters, to follow that example and to love those who are around us. And loving means sacrifice. Loving means caring for, speaking out for, being there for, supporting. It means so many different things because those are the things you do for us. So God, I just ask for your your help in living that love out because Jesus said we would be known by our love so I just pray God that we wouldn't try to be right we wouldn't try to have all the answers but we would be loving the way that you first loved us God I thank you so much for everybody who is listening to our podcast and I just pray that you bless them and protect them and help them have some kind of blessings or sanity or just clarity in the next few days and week Lord just be with them in Jesus name Amen Amen. thanks for listening guys do something for your neighbor today alright like it yeah thanks Michael thank you bye bye bye